Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out today. We are going to be going to several different passages of Scripture, so this will be an opportunity for you to flex your biblical muscles and see how quick you can flip through Scripture today. But our primary text is going to be in Genesis 1 and in John chapter 1. And so if you want to go ahead and turn there and get ready, you can. Uh, Spring break. Praise God. (laughs) Teachers, again, say amen. I know I live in a teacher household and uh, it was coming down to the wire. It was either going to be the kids or the teachers if something didn't give. And uh, I don't know who would have won that, but uh, it would have been a bloody ordeal for sure. (laughs) So we thank God for spring break. It's also called grace in other... It's it's called grace in other passages. Uh, we are getting ready to set sail this, this uh, uh, tomorrow for our spring break cruise, and we are excited about that. we got 21 people from the church that are going to be going together on our cruise. And, uh, you know, you look at that, you guys look at that, and you think, uh, this is all about fun, it's all about a party, it's all about just hanging out together. You would be wrong. Because we feel called to the people of the Caribbean. That's it. We feel that they need... <laughs> Hope and compassion just like everybody else. So this is really more of a missions trip for us than it is a spring break cruise. You know, another segment of society that's often overlooked is the cruise industry workers. They, they just don't get compassion and hope like they should. So that's our job. That's our goal. And so I don't really think it should count as one of my vacation weeks, personally, because it's, I'm doing missions for the Lord. So, uh, you know, do what? It's a tax write-off too, April says. <laughs> yeah, win-win. Praise God. All right. So, so today we want to begin a new series entitled Be the Light. And uh, man, I am excited about this message this morning, just kind of getting this kicked off. Our series text, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Father, I thank you that you are the light that shines in the darkness. I'm thankful, God, that when we have no hope, there's light. And it delivers hope to us, God, that you are our salvation. You are our source of strength. You are the answer that we need, God, in our lives. And Lord, today we thank you that the light has come and he has been brought to this earth to change our situation, to create a new context and a new reality, God. And today we give you glory and we give you praise for that. I pray your anointing on this message today that that not only am I anointed to preach, but also the people are anointed to hear what you have to say to us this morning, God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. Now let me paint just a picture for you. Uh, just a little clearer of the scene that we have just read in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I want to frame in your mind 
for just a moment what this scene is when God steps onto it and He begins to intervene in it. It says that God created the heavens and the earth, but Scripture says that darkness was on the face of the deep. In other words, there was no light. There was no definition. There was no context. Scripture also tells us that the earth was without form and it was void. It was void of life. It was void of shape. In other words, without form. It was void of purpose. It was void of meaning. It was formless, voided, and mass, and nothing more. But, Scripture tells us, but then Scripture says that the great surveyor invades the darkness. The Spirit of the living God breaks the scene and begins to hover over the face of the waters. Now hold on just a minute. Let's look back at verse 2 because it says that darkness was on the face of the deep. Do you see that? Darkness was on the face of the deep. And then it says that the Spirit of God began to hover over the face of the earth. I love that. I love the parallel in just vernacular between those two phrases. We see in verse 2, the darkness is on the deep. Verse 3, a change is taking place. Although darkness was on the face of the deep, now the Spirit of God hovers over the face of the waters. Let me just stop there for a minute and begin to preach to you for just a moment here in this place. Are you with me today? Are y'all awake in this room this morning? Okay. It says the Spirit of God is not hindered. The Spirit of God is not limited. The Spirit of God is not constrained or it is not bound by darkness this morning. When darkness comes in, it has to make way for the Spirit of God in your life. That's good news. Darkness is not a limiter on the Spirit of the living God. Darkness is no match for the Spirit of the living God. When the Spirit wants to move, guess what church? He moves. When the Spirit of God wants to intervene, guess what? He intervenes. And it's when darkness is there and the Spirit of God moves in that darkness has to make way and give Him space. I said when God wants to step into chaos and survey that chaos, assess that chaos and change it, chaos gets out of the way and makes room for the God of the universe. Now that's good news for the people in this room this morning because some of you are finding yourself in a mess. Some of you are finding yourselves in chaos. Some of you are finding yourselves in places of life that are out of order. But I've got good news today and that's when the Spirit of God steps in on the scene of our lives. He starts to order that chaos. He starts to bring meaning to your context. He starts to put meaning in your life and purpose in your life. And God begins to straighten up what the devil has destroyed in our lives. Amen. God surveys the scene. And God says these words, Let there be light. And there was light. You know, God always starts with light. He always starts with light. And God saw the light and said, It is good. In the beginning God created, but before He created, God planned. Hear me this morning. In the beginning, God created, but before He even created, He planned. Jump with me, if you can, over to 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now pay close attention to verse 20. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. 
Now look at Ephesians 1.3. It's on the screen for you. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Before God created... God planned. And His plan was this. Let there be light. Let there be hope. Let there be a secured future. Let there be redemption. Let there be restoration. Let there be a second chance. Let there be an opportunity to right the wrongs in my life. Let there be a spirit that moves in darkness and surveys the scene and creates an opportunity for change to happen. Let's start with light. Let there be light. Before God created, God planned. And He planned before because of this reason. That you have always been on His mind. And He knew that we would need a Savior. This morning the theology is is deep. But the point I want to make first is very simple. And it's this. We need a Savior. We all need a Savior. Before God created anything, He formed a plan. And the plan would be that no matter what, light would shine. No matter what happened with humanity, there was going to be a contingency in place. God determined no matter what, He would not be separated from His prized creation. And His prized creation is you and me. So He carefully crafted a plan. A plan before He ever began creating And that plan was that a lamb would be slain before the very foundations of the world. And that lamb's blood would be the bridge back to relationship with him. God loved you and I so much that before anything ever went wrong, he made sure it could always be made right. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, that's better than you guys are responding. I'm telling you this morning, God made a plan for you today. Can I just preach to where you're living this morning? Because probably all of us in this place have got some struggles in our life, some things that are out of whack and out of order. But I've come to tell you today that there is a God that a long time ago made a plan for that. He had contingency in place for that. And the blood was shed long before you ever needed it so that He could take what's wrong in your life and start to make it right again. Somebody ought to get excited about that in this place this morning. It's not over yet. It's not finished yet. My story's yet to be completed and it's yet to be finally written. Today God has something that intervenes in the darkness of my life and sets straight the record of wrongs and makes everything line up according to His perfect plan in my situation. God loved you and I so much that before anything went wrong, He made sure it could always be made right. God loved you and I so much that He would not let anything come permanently between us and Him. He is determined to be with you and with me. And He's not leaving anything to chance. Your life's not left to chance. Your life's not left to chance. We live our lives so many times thinking, God, I just hope this works out. God, I just hope these things straighten up. 
I just hope some change can finally take place in this particular area of my life. Listen, we don't leave things to chance. Something that God has been speaking to us over the course of the last several weeks, and we have been in 1 Peter uh, praying every week because, I mean, it's just speaking to us right now. But one of the things that is so powerful that it's just kind of a revelation that I think we should know but sometimes don't really operate from is this, that we don't look for victory in our lives. We operate from victory in our lives. I'm not trying to find victory. Victory found me 2,000 years ago when Jesus stepped out of the grave. Anybody hear me this morning? And so it's not about me trying to find a victory in my life somewhere. It's just about me living from that place of victory that God has already established in my life. And I'm just waiting. The only thing I'm waiting for is the manifestation of what God has already done to come into my view in this life. Y'all awake this morning? Bump your neighbor and ask them if they're awake. Just make sure. Some of, you might have to take it another step and just check their pulse right quick. Make sure. Bum, 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 bum. He is determined to be with us. He's not leaving things to chance. Listen, God didn't rely on us to stay pure. God doesn't rely on us to stay strong, stay right, stay holy, stay righteous. He doesn't rely on us to keep the law and live in perfection. He didn't bank eternity on the hope that some of us could just be, we could just gut it out. He didn't bank eternity on the hope that some of us could just be strong enough to endure the processes of life and finally overcome. God, we finally overcame. God did not give us That's not his plan. His plan that was before creation ever started, I'm going to make a way for salvation to come to my people. I'm going to make a way for them to live right. I'm going to make a way for them to live holy. Not in their own strength. I'm going to make a way to them to keep the law. Not in their own power. But I'm going to do it for them. And all they have to do is trust in me, believe in me, rely on me, walk with me. And when they do that, I'll make it happen in their lives. He knew flesh was too weak to hold up to the pressure. So he formulated a plan. And listen church, we needed a Savior. And we still need a Savior. Whether you've been saved 50 years or you're not saved at all in this place, you still need a Savior this morning. You need someone who will step into your sin, step into your chaos, step into your mess and declare with unquestionable and uncontestable authority, let there be light. Hallelujah. Before God created, God planned. And He planned before because He knew the weakness of humanity. Do you, have you ever thought about this? Do you realize that sin did not even have to wait beyond the first generation of humanity before it found an inroad into humanity? And that is proof of the frailty of humanity. And before we get critical of Adam in this place and Eve in this place, we need to come face to face with the reality that had it been us instead the fate would have been the same. Why? Because we all need intervention. We all need intervention. We all are flawed. We all are messed up. 
We are all prone to failure. But the good news is that before the foundation of the world, a lamb was slain, a plan was made, and when the plan was made, the first declaration of God flowed from that plan, and He declared, let there be light. He said, regardless of the failure, regardless of the mistake, regardless of the sin, there will be redemption. Let there be light. You were always His plan. You were always His plan. Ephesians 1.5 says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. In the New Living Translation, it says in Ephesians 1.5, God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do and it gave Him great pleasure. You were always His plan. And His plan is for you to be with Him. It's not for you to be separated by anything this world has to offer. It is for you to be with Him. Now obviously we have the chance to say no to that. But we also have the opportunity to say yes to that. And I like to end on the positive side, don't you? So if you don't know this, please allow me to be the first to tell you. Whether you have served God for a hundred years or not one single day, you need a Savior this morning. Not living for God, listen, you need a Savior. Living for God every day, you still need a Savior. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need a Savior. Now tell them back, so do you. (laughs) Some of you need Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Some of you seriously need Jesus bad. Amen. I need Jesus bad. I knew, I knew she'd say amen. <coughs> now I have some more good news for you. Yes, we need a Savior. But the good news is we have a Savior. <laughs> we need one, yes, but we have one. Thank God for that. The world was in chaos, but it didn't stay that way. The world was covered in darkness, but it didn't stay that way. The world had no form, no definition, no meaning, no purpose, but it didn't stay that way. A Savior came and spoke and said, let there be light. What you see throughout Scripture is that darkness is always, almost always synonymous with sin. And light is almost always synonymous with salvation. John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Isaiah 9 and 2 says, The people walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. We have a Savior this morning and his name is Jesus Christ and he's come not only to save me and to save a few choice people he's come to save us all and all we have to do is turn to him and look to him and call on him and he will save us amen we needed a savior and we have a savior we're not left in our sin and left in our need We are not relegated to live in chaos and disorder. We are not stuck in darkness and bondage. Did you hear me this morning? Some of you aren't convinced of that reality today. Let me say it again. You're not left in your sin and left in your need. You're not relegated to live your life in chaos and disorder. You're not stuck in darkness and bondage. God has a way out for each and every one of us. 
Because out of darkness He creates light. And out of sin He provides salvation. Now turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 verse 1. Blake, would you hand me my water please? Thank you. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now I want you to look at this parallel here between Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1. It says in Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. But in in John 1-1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things that were made through Him were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. You have two different stories going on here at the same time. Do you see that? Both in the beginning, yet two timelines. Two, two different contexts, two different situations. Yes, in the beginning the earth was created and it was without form and void. But also in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Two different stories that parallel each other along the timeline of humanity until the latter invades the former and overtakes it, rewrites it, and establishes a new construct of possibilities for us. God always had a plan. And His plan was no matter how we start... We're going to finish right. No matter how we begin, we're going to straighten this up in the end. We needed a Savior and we have a Savior. Adam Clark says this. Some great quotes this morning that I'm going to put on the screen for you. He says, Light is one of the most astonishing productions of the creative skill and the power of God. It is the grand medium by which all His other works are discovered examined and understood. The psalmist writes in Psalm 36 and 9, In your light we see light. My goodness, this morning, it is through Jesus that everything is given meaning. It is through Jesus that it is made sense of, defined and given purpose. It is in His light that we see light. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. The light has come. The light has come. We needed a Savior and we have a Savior. Would you come back to the keys this morning, Lauren, and worship team? You have a Savior today. And He is waiting to invade your life with His light. Let Him fix your chaos. Let Him order your life. Let Him work in your mess and mistakes and mishaps. Let Jesus be the one to step into the scene of your life with His illuminating grace and overtake the current reality 
with His preordained reality. You have a Savior. And He's ready to go to work and declare in your situation, let there be light. Best quote of the day is the one I'm about to give you. F.B. Meyer. I never heard of the guy until I was just doing some research. And this is what he said. Follow the gleam. You shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He said, God's days begin in the evening and always end in the morning. (laughs) My goodness. It may start in the night, but it's ending in the daytime. It may start in darkness, but it's going to change to light. I'm telling you, follow the light this morning. Keep your focus on where God is leading you, wherever you're at. God works where you are. And He takes you where you're intended and purposed to be. Psalmist again writes in 35, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God starts with the negative, but He always ends on a positive. I said God starts with the negative in our lives, but He always ends on the positive. Stand with me in this place this morning. Your story remains unfinished. I said your story is not over yet. No matter where you are right now, God wants to add to your storyline. And His chapter title is, Let There Be Light. Darkness may cover the earth, but the people of God declare in this place this morning, let there be light. Darkness is having its moment, but we say its moment is coming to a close. Let there be light. Once I walked in darkness, once I lived in darkness, darkness covered my life, but God said, let there be light, and light came shining through, piercing the darkness of my soul and giving light to His life. Let there be light. And so across this room this morning, we speak light in our marriages. Come on. We speak light over our children. We speak light over our thoughts and our actions. We speak light in our jobs and our workplaces. We speak light over our schools and our churches. Let there be light in our neighborhoods and in our businesses. Let there be light. A Savior has come. I said a Savior has come. He is the light of the world and He will not be hidden. Darkness can't stop Him. (laughs) Darkness can't get Him. Darkness can't dampen Him. Darkness can't hinder Him. And darkness cannot diminish Him. He is the light. And we say in this place together, let there be light. It was a dark day when Jesus died on the cross. But it was a bright day when he stepped out of the grave. I said it was a dark day before the foundation of the earth when the lamb was slain. But it was a bright day when his blood found me. It was a dark day when I came face to face with the reality of my sins and my failures. The day I realized I was lost and had no hope. The day I realized I was destined to an eternity in hell. But it was a bright day. It was a shining day. It was an illuminating, sun-piercing day when Jesus came and He found me and He forgave me and He secured me and He gave me a place at His table. It was a bright day when He made me a partner in His kingdom and established my place in eternity 
with Him in heaven. God said, let there be light. And we continue His mantra today. Let there be light. There will be light. There will be hope. There will be change. There will be a future. And no darkness can stop the advancing light of Jesus Christ. Let there be light this morning. Hallelujah. The points are simple this morning. We need a Savior. We have a Savior. Every person in this room, every head bowed and every eye closed across this room, we need a Savior this morning. Whether it's 50 years in the faith or not a single day yet in the faith, we need a Savior. We need Jesus. He's our only hope. He's the only light we have. And by Him we see everything. By Him, meaning is given. By Him, purpose is transferred. By Him, all things have context. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't wait one more moment in your sin. Leave that place today and come to the altar and let Jesus change your life. Would you come? Would you come? If that's you and you say, I need Jesus in my life. I have been lost. I am away from God. I know that I am not ever given my life to Him and committed to Him. If that's you, don't stay one more moment where you are. Step out. Step into God's grace and let the light of Jesus grab hold of your life this morning. Victor, would you come help me this morning? If that's you, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Don't stay. Don't stay in sin. Don't stay in darkness. Don't stay lost. Don't stay separated. He's the only one that can order your steps. He's the only one that can fix your problem. He's the only one that can fix your mess. If that's you, step out, step out, step out. Quit surveying everybody else around you. This isn't about them. It's about you. It's about your need. It's about your moment. It's about your time. It's about you changing your life and letting God do something big for you this morning. Step out of your seat. Don't wait another moment. Don't let this slip by. For the church this morning, if you're here and you need God to fix some darkness in your life, would you come? If you need God to order some mess that the devil's created in your life, would you come? If you're waiting on a promise to be fulfilled and the light's yet to shine in that, would you come and let God begin to work in your life this morning? The altars are open. Would you come? Come on, church. Come on, church. People need to be moving. People need to be moving. You're, you're letting opportunity slip by you. You're letting change walk right past you this morning. Don't let it miss you. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Come on. Hallelujah. Somebody come and pray for these in the altar this morning. Would you do that? Father, I plead the blood of Jesus right now. You stretch your hands this way. If you're still in your seat, you, your partner's with me and praying for these. This morning, stretch your hands this way. God, we thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus over the situations that these people represent in their lives. Whether it's a need for Jesus and a salvation, or whether it's a need for you to order some mess that the devil has created. God, regardless, you are the answer, and you're the one that we're looking for this morning. And so, God, I pray right now, 
light shine in the darkness. We say over this situations, over these lives, let there be light, let there be hope, let there be change, let there be transformation, let the good things of God be released in their life this morning. We praise you, God. God, we walk out of here different. We walk out of here changed. Lord, victory has become our springboard for life and hope and future. And God, we'll not settle for anything less than that. We are a people that's more than conquerors. We're a people that's overcomers. Lord, your blood has made us overcomers this morning, God. And we stand on that foundation in Jesus Christ, walking forward in resurrection power. God, we praise you. Have your way. Have your way. Intervene. Move. Change circumstance. Move heaven and earth, God, to see the promises fulfilled in these lives. God, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you, God. Every tear, Lord God, you've kept it. It's precious to you, God. It's not been wasted. Our prayers are not wasted. Our tears are not wasted. Our efforts are not wasted, God. Our faithfulness counts. Our faithfulness matters. God, we're keeping our heads down. And we're moving forward with you. We're not turning to the right or to the left, God. We are staying focused on where you're leading us. We declare everyday hope over our lives. We declare, Father, your promise fulfilled over our lives. We declare it done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. While these are praying in the altars, I want... The rest of you to look this way for just a moment. In just a few weeks, about six weeks, we have Easter coming up. There's not a more critical time for people or more opportune time, I should say, for people to get saved than at Easter. Our heart is salvation. Our heart is to see people saved. But we need your help in that. And so what I want to ask you to do is I want you to ask God to put somebody on your heart. I believe this, that God has some people on His mind that need to be on our minds. I I think God has some people on His heart that needs to be on our heart. And so I want you to join with me and commit with me that you will pray over the next couple of weeks for God to put somebody on your heart and mind. And then when the opportunity comes, we're going to invite them to come to church and we're going to trust God to do the rest in that situation. Will you do that? If you'll do that, would you just slip your hand up and just commit with me this morning? Yes, I will pray. And I will ask God to put somebody on my mind to invite to Easter. Father, I pray right now that who's on your heart and who's on your mind, you put on the people's heart and mind. That God, every one of us have relationships that are the bridge to bring somebody to a relationship with you. And God, I pray that this morning that you would work in our lives over the next couple of weeks to really burden us for souls and burden us for people, Lord God, that we have relationships with that we can't invite to church on Easter Sunday. People that would not be going anywhere else, people that are maybe not even saved, Father, we want them filling this house that morning. And we are believing for souls to be saved. We are believing for people's lives to change and go a different trajectory. God, have your way this morning. Lord, speak to each and every one of us today. We praise you for your grace. We praise you for a good burden.
that rests upon our lives. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Father, put it on our hearts, the burden that you want us to have. A heart for souls, a mind for souls. Lord, I pray your blessing over the people this week. Lord, as we go our separate ways for spring break and as we get ready to enjoy a time with family, I pray that, Lord, you would just revitalize, rejuvenate, renew and restore the hearts and lives of people. Let us get closer together with one another. We pray your blessing over this church family this week. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkburnett, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.